Welcome to Parlay Me Power Players. This is a podcast that explores the latest entrepreneurs, startups, founders, business leaders, and even enterprises that are changing the game. We call them the disruptors. You might see them as your mentors or maybe even your colleagues, but we are so excited to bring to you each week someone we find either fascinating, progressive, or someone that's really making changes in all kinds of industries. We are agnostic in what we cover, so we cover everything from mobility to AI to food and produce, you name it, we cover it. But most importantly, we want to showcase to you entrepreneurs that are really making a difference and making the world a better place. Hi folks, so welcome to Parlay Me Power Players podcast. This episode we are super excited because we have on the show Victoria Modesta. Now Victoria is best known for being the world's first bionic pop artist. Yes, you heard that right, bionic pop artist. So we're going to find out all about Victoria today. So she was brought up in the subculture of London and is now living in Los Angeles. Uh, Victoria is known for her multidisciplinary approach to future pop identity and performance art with a post-human edge. This electronic dance, singer, songwriter, performance artist is also a model, actress, creative director, and tech evangelist. Now, the term evangelist may strike some as uncomfortably religious, but the word has been used for thousands of years by ancient Greece, in fact, to mean the reward given to a messenger for good news. So, uh, Victoria, I would say that your story, which we can't wait to hear more about today, is one of a tech evangelist, in which today you are very much in control of your destiny and advocate almost at the intersection between tech and creativity by traveling the world, educating and enlightening people on the power of technology through the human form. And we're going to find out how Victoria does this. But your life story is really incredible. It's been recognized around the world as a testament of human strength and truly a transformative approach to modern identity. I mean, even Barack Obama has recognized you as a personal frontier featured in Wired magazine. So just briefly, and obviously, Victoria, you're here to go into it more in depth, but I believe at the age of six, you started music lessons and moved to the UK uh, when you were about 12. And prior to that, you had difficulties with your left leg uh, since birth, uh, in fact, Um, and had been in and out of hospitals. I think you'd had up to 15 operations. Um, and then you chose to have it voluntary amputated below the knee to improve your mobility, I think, in your early 20s, in fact. This operation actually catapulted your fame and your identity and and your kind of your challenge, if you will, of the modern perception of what beauty is. You played gigs with Coldplay, you've collaborated with Rolls-Royce, and most recently you've worked with Snapchat to launch their AR lens. Welcome, Victoria, to the show. Hey. Hey, it's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) That was a lengthy description, but you need it. You've done so much. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's really incredible. Um, so I wanted to kind of, I guess, kick off um, firstly by asking where are you at the moment? Because I believe you are in Los Angeles, but people are all over the place right now with the pandemic. So where are you at the moment? Yeah, no, I am. I'm in Los Angeles, California right now. And uh, it's it's surprisingly chilly here at the moment. We're going through like a cold really? phase. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing my puffer jacket. <laughs> um so yeah, it's uh no no it's 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 great to be here and thank you so much for doing such a thorough introduction. It's always nice. I always find it so always a little bit weird when you sort of have to kind of like recite your life story, you know, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's down to the audience sometimes, you know, a person who sort of who you captivate to go and do do their own digging around, you know, um and figure out who yeah. you are exactly, but thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely, absolutely. No, look, you've had a tremendous career and I wanted to, and it looks like it's really only just getting started as well. I mean, you've done so much from such an early age, um, which is something I wanted to talk to you about, kind of, I guess, it's known as your kind of the big break that came to you when you entered the world stage as such. Um, I guess from what we call a post-disability perspective and you performed the Snow Queen during the closing ceremony of the Paralympics in 2012, wearing a diamond-encrusted prosthetic costume. I mean, elaborate way to, to go on to the world scene, <laughs> quite amazing. <laughs> Can you tell us how this opportunity came about, firstly, and how this experience, I guess, into the international world, because obviously it was a very much an international stage, um, shaped your desire to be a performance artist? Sure. Well, the, you know, the thing is, is that like one thing you have to know is that I had no idea what the Paralympics were at the time. You know, my sort of, um, <laughs> you know, being brought up in um, in former Soviet Union in Latvia and being born there and and kind of really feeling sort of like I have to carve out my own way of sort of normalizing what was happening with my health at the time and you know because I was really part of the world where being you know having anything different or having anything wrong with you was seen uh very poorly you know you could <laughs> in fact I almost ended up in the in in a children's institution because when I was born people thought oh well you know there's something uh you know, she can't possibly fit be fit for for society that's how crazy things were at the time so you know i i led a very kind of um you know unusually isolated sort of life in a but but also great in a way where you know i i spent so much time in a hospital and 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 kind of like with with my own imagination and and with with uh with Disney movie and Hollywood movies and you know so I really formed my own idea that you know you should be able to um feel normal whoever you are and that normal is a very loaded and misunderstood word you know <laughs> it's 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 more about the most common really kind of grew up with the idea that you know you whoever you are you should feel normal and that you should be able to create your own life your own identity you know you should be able to just kind of follow your intuition and no matter what anybody says you know everything's achievable so from that you know I, I kind of started in a good place but it was a really really difficult time and you know uh, the the you know I heard you mentioned that you know my um, operation that I had you know kind of 
catapulted my career. And I really, really wish that it was as simple as that, you know, but, um, so, but, you know, I, I worked, um, I, throughout all of my teens after sort of dropping out of school, I really kind of turned into just being the sort of like incubator of everything creative and trying to learn as many skills as possible. So, you know, by the time I did have my operation, you know, at that point I was already modeling and uh, art directing photo shoots and dabbling in music production and, and graphics and all kinds of things, you know, so, and, and really the operation for me was a way to, sort of bring my physical body to the level of ambition that I had as a you know as a young as a young woman at the time and so but I was very much in into you know like culture and fashion and music and and performing arts and I I I can't say that I was someone that knew anything about sports so when when I got approached uh, about the Paralympics, I was already a practicing performing artist and the kind of a personality, but I really didn't make a fuss out of my leg at all to a really big extent. I kind of, you know, at the time I was really like an anomaly. People really just thought, you know, what the hell is going on here? You know, so when, when, when Paralympics came about, you know, within three weeks, I was on stage in front of 90,000 people and millions and millions of people watching across the world and I have to say you know it's and you know and I influenced the design and I pushed them to create uh you know to to modify a prosthetic that I had at the time and cover it with diamonds and really sort of just kind of create this whole character and you know I have to say that it did two things one is like it opened my eyes to the fact that there is an entire world of people who you know are going through this thing where they don't understand how they fit in because they physically are somehow different and another thing and at first I was like wow this is really exciting I'm going to meet all these people that kind of like myself and at the same time I felt like I was a complete anomaly because the idea of acceptance and sort of like joyfully playing with your image and being confident or feeling sexual or kind of like any of these attributes that I felt that I had at the time just seemed so odd it's like well you're surely you're just a survivor and it's like you know I didn't survive anything you know for me I didn't survive anything I didn't see myself as a survivor you know and I didn't see myself even as a person whose life was kind of dampened in any kind of way I just thought you know here I am just doing what I feel is great um and, you know and it was really it was really eye-opening it it did also make me realize that the you know the fact that I happened to have one non-biological leg absolutely by no means sets me apart from anyone else in the world. You know, that is not that is not the thing, you know, and it's it made me realize that really it's our perspective. You know, it's my perspective. It's how I choose to react to my situation and and what I choose to do about it is the thing that really felt like the anomaly at the time. And um, so, you know, and, and it really did kind of give me a sense of responsibility on top of my own personal desires of what I wanted to do as an artist and what I, what I was inspired, you know, 
because I was inspired by the subculture scene and you know in my mind everything sort of like streamlined into one mission of you know bringing more kind of um passionate kind of authentic art that I found you know within the sub global subculture scene into the pop mainstream while also redefining sort of like what the future human looks like and 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 kind of painting my own picture you know because if you look at uh if you look at history of like sci-fi and you know anyone that has felt like they are there writing the future vision of the human being you know very very frequently it's not a woman and very frequently it's definitely not a woman who has actually undergone some kind of mechanical body sort of like transformation so I really felt like you know my perspective of the future is important and I just wanted to kind of you know explore that in every every way possible um but yeah and you know very I I was extremely lucky that you know everything was just kind of I was there at the right time when this when this message when this vision like really was ready to be broadcast to the world you know and it took another couple of years until I did you know the really major project that completely kind of opened me up to the world stage which was um my collaboration with channel 4 in UK which uh, for my video prototype um that you know went viral and and you know and that was interesting viral it did it got what 45 million views or something it was quite phenomenal oh my god it's it's honestly like and this is funny you know because that project was it wasn't just about the this post-disability campaign it was also a marketing kind of experiment because it went out as a news story and so the exposure it got was absolutely astronomical like I think I think at some point someone told me that the video has had like over 200 million impressions worldwide because it's been shown in the news it's been shown on like Facebook and art platforms and you know so it's it's interesting it's interesting there's a lot there's a lot of firsts you know in that particular project absolutely well I I wanted to ask you that with that in mind kind of like perspective and then what kind of I guess influenced you like um in your journey so you you've you've been in the Paralympics in 2012 then you know many years later you come up with your um you obviously honing your skills the whole time and practicing like any artist and then you bring out prototype um which is kind of introduces like the world's first bionic pop kind of um track and then can you tell us a bit I guess the journey that led you to that like kind of into pop culture if you will and like maybe who inspired you as an artist growing up um was there anyone that you kind of looked to um in that world I mean you know I'm I'm a product of sort of um you know the 90s generation of of just uh Mm. you know watching MTV and you know I the, the time that I was you know able to sort of digest pop culture you know I had you know amazing iconic bands like Prodigy like TLC you know like mm. all of the all of the amazing kind of uh, sci-fi sort of R&B and electronic dance music was kind of like at its best so um, you know that's kind of really what influenced me and 
you know, but I think, I, I think, you know, I've always had this duality where, you know, I've really always enjoyed the avant-garde arts and, you know, the kind of, you know, the more, the, th the things that are not mainstream at all. And, you know, I think in my time in London, when I moved there was really kind of, that was really my world. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I just, I've always believed that, you know, it's like there is, there is beauty and kind of purity and intensity in subculture that for me is really magical where it's sort of like, you know, your, your whole being depends on it. You live the ideas that you think and, you know, it manifests in your life and the world that you create about, around yourself. So so I've always loved that and how intense that is, you know, but at the same time, you know, there they came a point where I was like, I don't want to be making art in my bedroom. You know, I, I am very interested in how, you know, pop culture really is the replacement, you know, it, it for, for so it, it's like, it's one thing that influences us so much and yet the people who often create content for it don't even realize their responsibility. I feel like, you know, less and less people are following, you know, religion or, or pop. This is the thing. It's like, you know, my, my big draw to pop culture has always been, you know, the fact that you are able to translate and influence, you know, with your ideas you know a larger group of people and you know I think that a lot of the time um artists just don't even realize you know it's it's way beyond entertainment these days I think pop culture is so influential and you know I do think entertainment and shock factor and all of those things they're all great but you know the reason I believe that the prototype video you know got the recognition that it did you know is because it was entertaining it was but it also it was you know it tackled a really in like taboo sort of like social um idea of disability and what people think and and but also like extreme art you know I kind of just went for it with that and and so I think that you know for me it was an indicator that that you know tackling social issues or tackling ideas um that are more meaningful in our culture through you know visual art of music is really important it's really important you know and it doesn't mean you have to get super political but honestly like you know i think that um uh, someone else, i was thinking about this recently you know with with everything that's going in the world politically and stuff and it's like you know there is always a really forceful feeling from people who are spreading negativity right it's powerful it's potent at, and at the same time there's this idea that when you're spreading you know a message or or an idea that should feel uplifting and uniting and kind of somehow positive and progressive that it should be done softly that it should be done you know in a fluffy way and for me that's just never sat well you know and that's why with prototype video it is it's so it's really like straight to the heart it's like really just a 
it's confronting it's confronting but it's confronting you like mm. you know just stop in your tracks and don't you know stop thinking about it in you know in some kind of like medieval way of what you think a person should be and shouldn't be able to do and it's just like you know it's demanding attention it's it's navigating your thought it's navigating you know confronting your old views and things like that and so I think that you know as artists you know in the current age it's it's so important to you know have your set of values and have your ideas of what you're kind of spreading into the world and you know and not be afraid to be bold and and you know even sometimes like aggressively positive that's like thing that I kind of quite like a lot you know <laughs> like it doesn't have to sound chill and fluffy <laughs> and it's interesting because you said you know you you touched upon that prodigy and TLC kind of like with influences um when you're younger and mm-hmm. it, you know when I think prodigy it is very confronting it's very but it's like it's full-on but it's so entertaining it's so captivating and yeah and TLC the same like it's they have such strong messages with what they're creating as well so it's interesting you could definitely now you've said that see how that's influenced you um and your creativity so it's fantastic to hear that um oh totally I mean I mean you, you just have to you just have to you know imagine an 11 year old in Latvia <laughs> who was in and out of hospitals that didn't really have any idea how the hell she's going to fit in the world jumping around to you know, the fire starter at my house, you know, a full blast. And, you know, for me, it was kind of, you know, similar experience to like, you know, going to church or something. Like for me, it was transformative. I felt like anything is possible, oh, you know. I, I love that. I love that. So we kind of with that in mind, I guess. Um, so, you know, ha- that's a actually really poignant image, actually. I'm a 12-year-old in Latvia listening to Firestarter in their <laughs> visual in my, in my head. And then obviously, you know, transport um, yourself to the time when you're in London, uh, you know, you've made Prototype. Um, uh, tell me kind of what was your experience up to that point or what was your reaction? Like how did you find the music industry from the industry side? Let's go there. Um, kind of embracing you or maybe some barriers you might have faced like did you find it an inclusive industry I mean you're obviously still in it so it's always changing well but yeah so I so it's a little bit interesting for me because you know I have functioned primarily as you know as as an entertainer as a musician as a songwriter uh, and performing artist you know for like over a decade now Yet I haven't really been part of the music industry because, um, you know, what I found, especially when Prototype came out and, you know, I got global recognition and, you know, I was so just, you know, my life transformed and I was flying all across the world and working with brands and getting big management and, and modeling contracts and all that jazz. It's like, every in my experience every single industry from innovation design fashion futurism i mean even architecture to you know disability world um you know just like any kind of cultural scene you can possibly imagine 
has literally been absolutely incredible to work with and in, has embraced me and I really can't be more grateful for the amount of things that I've done over the last you know six years but the music industry on the other hand has always historically up until more recently has felt very you know the music industry doesn't set trends mm -hmm. like this is this is a really important thing I think important thing to know about you know the modeling and the music industry is that they don't they don't create trends they don't create new culture and you sort of have to be you know there has to be a level of risk taken off your profile in order for them to invest and mm. think that you know this is so I've had you know in the past I've had multiple multiple meetings with record executives and you know and people just going like wow this is totally amazing this should totally work you know and at one point it's like you know is the world ready to you know actually like be like oh yeah this is totally this is totally acceptable in pop culture and this is what should be normal you know um and it just hasn't it just hasn't happened you know and and i don't have like a particular sort of um beef about it or anything like that i do i do understand the business logic mm -hmm. however you know for me um i haven't stopped my career in any shape or form you know because of that you know i've released um two two eps over the time and you know i'm just i've just been working on my on my new uh, album actually which is coming out this year Fantastic. and you know and i think and i think that um you know i do i do believe that with a lot of industries you know even with modeling industry you know when i when i kind of got my big contract some years ago it's like there was a time where you know people really felt like diversity is something that is you know from a corporate perspective you just tick a box oh i'm an agency and mm -hmm. you know we have a black person and we have this mm -hmm. person and we have you know a person with disability and we're doing great work and you know reality is is that um you know that the idea of true diversity is not going away mm. anywhere mm. and i think that companies are starting to understand that um you know i'm, I'm starting to see more and more companies you know get involved with influencers or people who would never be usually considered uh sort of worthy of of you know being on their books or mm -hmm. part of their product or whatever mm -hmm. you know being featured because you know the people are leading the change mm -hmm. in this particular instance mm -hmm. you know uh people with who are from minority groups are just getting louder and more pronounced right. in the world and are building their own uh public image through social media which mm -hmm. you know for all the bad things that social media is like you know, for my when it comes to minority groups it's incredible you know like when i performed at the paralympics if you googled an amputee model or singer or i don't know a leader or fashion style anyone anything like that you know you'd literally just see nothing mm. you know nothing at all there's no visibility and the way the industry and the way the the the, the social image of all these groups the way it's transformed just through their own work you know people are like i'm going to you know if no one is going to validate me that i'm important or that actually being different 
is interesting and way cooler than just kind of like trying to fit into a homogenized sort of like cookie cutter situation, you know, then I will show the world that, you know, that that's what I think. Yeah. So it's incredible. Mm. You know, it is incredible. Mm. And honestly, I do, I, you know, I like, I think that all of the hard things and all of the weird shut doors and random meetings I've had where I was just like, wow, I can't believe the experience that I'm having. Everything kind of feels worthwhile when I see how much things have changed. You know, I do believe the prototype video has, you know, really was like an important catalyst for a lot of change. And that feels really special. Absolutely. You know, it, it feels it feels like something was set in motion. And I, I do, you know, I think for the first time, you know, after all these years, I feel like I'm now fully in control of like where, you know, not just like, oh, what kind of things will be thrown my way mm-hmm. now? You know, it's much more about, you know, what do I want to do and where, where do I want to go with this and what do I want to create? Yes. And that's a really big shift. That's, and that took, literally like almost 14 years since my operation to get to this point where it feels that way for sure (laughs) crazy we call you a tech evangelist and we call you that for a reason because we do honestly (laughs) thinking with our editorial team you really you 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 have such a strong image for one and a strong message and you're definitely at I mean you're doing incredible deals um so to speak um with like Rolls Royce for instance you did experimental art film where you became the physical representation of the machine itself I mean it's incredibly rich and dynamic film can you um help explain to our listeners what drew you towards this project because I know there's a lot of projects that obviously come your way um what was it about this one because it's just brilliant I I love it I've watched it like 10 times (laughs) brilliant um I mean honestly the big qualifier for me you know for me to say yes to a project usually is to have the creative freedom um because you know like Rolls Royce and Snapchat Spectacles you know are two projects where you know, the client would come and pretty much present, you know, the confidence and the investment that they just want me to express myself creatively in whatever way that is, you know, and what, you know, with with both these projects, you know, I've had the opportunity to assemble my team from scratch, you know, and, you know, a lot of a lot of my fellow kind of female creatives on board, you know, whether directors or designers, and you know, um, it's uh, you know just being just really being given the opportunity to show how how you can create something that has this really sort of multi sensory approach. Like every project that I work with these days, it's like I'll bring the most unusual innovators engineers designers that are just like on the cutting edge of stuff and then you know and then I'll bring more traditional kind of um crafts like directors photographers and stylists and and whatever and you know and I really kind of and I become sort of like the little hub 
Brilliant. people to collaborate that would never collaborate together right. you know and often they kind of get scared and they're like oh my god like they get intimidated you know and the, you know i i love i love your term of you know tech evangelist because you know important thing for me is like you don't have to be you don't have to have uh, a phd to be interested in the future or technology or to be able to work with those mediums you know, and then this is something that I found when I ended up, you know, being a fellow at MIT Media Lab like six years ago. You know, I just I was just this kind of sort of performer um, with a big vision and a perspective that was just unusual. You know, I ended up being in a room full of like NASA scientists and like people who are really changing the world. And I was like, wow, I was like, how do I fit in here? You know, and I think that it's like you know being able to cross over boundaries of disciplines is for me really like the future it's where you know it's this idea of collaboration that you will only you will achieve something that you would have never been able to achieve on your own you know coming from this one angle and i have seen this time after time you know the 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 rewards of that kind of practice and i sort of you know and i really made it made it like a standard for me now where you know every even this snap spectacles collaboration recently you know i brought in a, a really incredible avant-garde theatrical director choreographer and then you know we had the really unusual technology of spectacles and then you know we had jora francis who shoots like cardi b videos you know come and help direct it and it was just like it's what you want you know you just it's like why why limit uh why limit the things that you do um but it does require like it does require sort of forgetting the rules a little mm -hmm. bit and that's where not having traditional education for me and being spending all that time in a hospital really comes into play because you know i enter the room and i don't really care about the hierarchy or you know how things are meant to be like I'm interested in sort of like exp like having a brainstorm of ideas and everybody going yeah let's try that you know that's it. it that's that's a qualifier <laughs> whenever somebody says no or looks concerned I'm like all right this meeting's over that means let's go forward no it's interesting because um I used to work uh pretty much I mean um in the advertising space and back in the day when they used mm -hmm. the 30 second commercials you know um and the clients were very oh yeah back then it'd be like we want this and we want that we want the we want the the talent to say this and then they react this way and there was all very like the director tells you and they all very everything was like stylized these days obviously with brands working with influencers and and people that are like artists it's very much about their personality coming to the brand so it makes perfect sense what you're saying that you should orchestrate or at least you know um produce if not your own um your own um message and 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 yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing how the whole industry has changed um, and how it has changed it. And it's brilliant. It still has a ways to go, you know, but I think that, you know, with in a way, like the the formula of how advertising and marketing works has just come to its plateau at one point, you know, with the, in the internet plateaued and everything kind of plateaued. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, I think that, you know, it is important to be like, you know, for me, the corporate world, the same how the pop world for me, you know, they're not, they, I don't, you know, I don't sort of demonize and I, and I don't sort of separate it. Oh, it's them. And, you know, here are the artists because, you know, and occasionally you still have a client where you like, just like, oh, God damn it. You know, we're like from two different planets, but you know, majority of the time it's like, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, um, you know, products and artistic vision and all of those things together, they don't have to be so mutually exclusive. And, you know, I, I love working with a brand and really getting behind the vision of, you know, how that product was designed and, you know, and sort of like get really inspired by it and just think of like, you know, what can I do? How can I interpret this, this you know? Um, and it just requires to be really picky really you know that's all it is like with Rolls Royce it was obvious you know I was like wow like you know yeah. it gives me so many ideas of what kind of music I can create what kind of tech where I can you know we created the world's smallest Tesla coil that went into my shoe <laughs> into my 3d printed shoe that powered my leg you know like so so it's kind of like you know I think it's important it's it's I'm so excited to see brands waking up to this idea that you know it's it's not the 90s anymore where you know you're going to get this crazy artist and they're just going to like not understand what you do like most artists you know the, the concept of artists has changed artists are now their own mini brands their own entrepreneurs and most artists have a really strong sense of uh sensibility about you know um marketing and advertising and and presentation and all of those things so you know I think that we're all kind of slowly meeting more in the middle where we kind of just it's an you know it's an entrepreneurial game really and we're all kind of just sort of starting to play together in a different way which is I think it's cool exactly and, and it creates an authentic experience too I think uh, for you know yeah, you you're more invested in in the process um, and the story and the outcome and that resonates with audiences. So I well, that's we what, that's what, that what, that's what was different with prototypes um, campaign. Mm. It was a marketing campaign for my life story mm. for my life. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know? And I remember what, and I remember at one point I was like, God, I was like, and, you know, and I remember getting really strong about some, you know, about the campaign, about the words that were being used to describe things or colors or like whatever. And they were like, just kind of like shocked that I had so much, um, so many ideas. And I was like, I was like, how dare you tell me that I can't have an input where you are literally advertising my life, right. yeah. my Hello. story, who I am. Yeah, everyone you knows know. this story. So, exactly yeah absolutely uh so it's you know and and it's also it correlates back to you know social media and how every single person all of a sudden is now like oh what would be my most representative headshot mm -hmm. and what kind of what what highlights should i put mm -hmm. you know so 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 this idea of sort of um creating mm -hmm. a capsule representation of yourself mm -hmm. is you know, it's, it's, it's out there and, you know, and I just think it's important to, you know, keep your wits about it and, and understand what that is. And, 
you know, I sometimes, like last year, for example, I feel like I came to the end of pigeonholing myself. Like I created boundaries for my own image. And then I ended up like having people call me up and be like, hey, we would like to book you. Can you please appear looking like this? And I was just like, wait a minute. I was like, I think that we need to switch it up, you know, and 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 you can do that. You know, the in, the Internet does that to you. You know, you can create your own boundaries and be stuck within yourself, you know, within those. So it's um, you just got to keep keep changing. Absolutely. Up, you know? No, kind experimenting of and being creative. I Speaking of being creative, your Snap AR lens um, film that you recently did for Spectacles 3, um, Snapchat. Tell us a little more about that. Um, the film, the, the film came out, I believe, like a few weeks ago. It's very new. Um, it did. Yeah. So, yeah. Did. So, how did that? Firstly, how did the opportunity come about? Can you tell us a little bit about the creative process? I know there's nothing worse than talking about. I always have this thing like I hate talking about art because I just want to see it. So, if you're listening to this podcast, you can <laughs> play it on silent while you're listening. But I'd love to know, kind of like conceptually, like. Um, you know how you came about to that to bring it together and most importantly how on earth did you manage to coordinate all those amazing outfits because it's quite amazing (laughs) yeah oh well thank you yeah I mean actually like um, I I work differently in projects sometimes I get a stylist sometimes I just have a styling assistant and this time I just like I just coordinated all the wardrobe myself because I just kind of I was I was into it you know it's one of the things that I do sometimes and um but um no I mean it's it's really interesting you know spectacles came to me like almost a year ago now and they just really wanted to work with me you know and we just kind of and then over the year the scope of the type of thing that we could do with them kept changing and changing you know, until ultimately, you know, they literally kind of wrote me like this love letter, just basically asking, asking me to be one of their marquee creators for for their Q4 campaign. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it, it was, it was really fascinating, because I think that even though, like, I feel like um, I've, I've, I've worked a lot with technology that you wear from um, kind of like, from a music perspective or from a fashion perspective or like medical and stuff like that but I haven't really worked with anything like the spectacle lenses before and so I was really really excited and you know they just basically asked me to make a a a short format art film shot entirely on spectacles Mm. and I just kind of went to town yeah you know um (laughs) <laughs> I just kind of went to town with it, you know, and it's it was also great, yeah, because all my projects really got cancelled most of the year, and I had a very sort of like inward experience of just sort of reevaluating of like just what do I want to do with my art next, you know, how am I feeling and stuff. And who goes and checks out the film, which is called Signal, um, you know, it's it was wild, you know, because I got to design three. AR um, lenses that you know are actually they're all available uh, on the Snapchat platform. So mm. if you just um, it's kind of like it's a bit difficult to find, but if you go into my website, you you can get a direct link to them. Um, it's just my, my name.com and um, but 
you know so you know i it was interesting so it was one thing was like shooting on the on the snapchat uh, on the yeah. on the spectacles but then on top of it you know once we designed the plot you know we we're working with pitch studios and uh, you know i designed the three lenses which basically helped tell the story and you know it was really super super cool um because you know i just feel like the whole story sort of came alive with these augmented reality elements and they just they executed them beautifully and two of the lenses um were kind of you know they're quite specific one is like these tears that turn into like protective shards and then the other one was these roots that actually grow either in the environment or out of your mouth as a sort of regenerative kind of birthing new life but the other lens that we did was actually used as a visual mm. effect throughout the film. It kind of strobes and and changes the the color and you know and I'm like a real big fan of more surreal experimental kind of older style film and and you know there was a few tricky things. I was intimidated yeah. by the low resolution of the film, but at the same time, I think that the film has a very almost like uh, unusual sort of hint to the past you know even though it was shot in this ultra modern technology so you know it was just it was just cool and and um you know we just i i decided to to capture the most surrealist take of how i was feeling throughout this year you know it was like mm. it was really coming to terms with like the still the film starts off with basically me being in a really sort of weird incubator style space and getting freaked out by a version of myself <laughs> that kind of like manifested itself in front of me and the film goes through like different you know going through these different parts of yourself and being guided by this kind of intuition sort of that eventually like leads you to just accepting like all that you are you know even the scary and the weird parts you know because I think that's one of that's one of my big lessons is like you know is being really into like wellness and general kind of well-being and transformation is that you know no matter how much progress you make in your well-being you know the second that you start sort of creating a hierarchy of higher self lower self this is the past me I'm not that person anymore you know, you sort of like create this discrimination within yourself that never, like, in my opinion, like, just doesn't lead to a good place. Like, you always just feel like there's this, there's this other you that you just sort of like would rather forget, you know. And I think that, you know, in this film, there's a kind of a way of like accepting just everything that you see, all the darkness, all the hurt, like everything, and kind of just birthing a fresh sort of like collective <laughs> collective you that's just like all right you know these are all the things so it's it's a little bit on the dark side uh but it's um it's definitely a positive film mm. <laughs> super powerful yeah no I, usually it's just like wow it's like a ride it's like whoa i was you super immersive so congratulations because it is really like it definitely has your stamp on it and it's just like so visually rich and I, I loved it but I, I must 
talking talking of a talking of immersive by the way um we are planning to release it in um in a, in in the um in a 3d view okay. by the way i think maybe sometime this month which i think will be really fantastic and also you know go out on youtube and anyone that has any kind of um equipment that you know allows you to view video you know in um in stereo then you know it, it's going to be a totally new experience i'm really excited about that that's super cool well um that speaking of like 3d and whatnot like um when it comes to social well rather than rather mobile apps and things what what is on victoria modesta's phone today like what what social media apps or are there any cool apps that you're into um do you use snap and if you do like what do you love about the platform um because I, I obviously I use Instagram, uh, Twitter, we're big on um, you know, LinkedIn, but that's more B two B. Are there any? Mm-hmm. Seem like you've got your finger on the pulse. <laughs> are there any interesting ones um, on the on the on the rise, or what's on your phone that you use most often? Um, I think that in terms of like social media stuff, I, I've definitely used. Um, instagram probably the most you've got amazing followers there you've got a big big yeah all my content is really visual driven i mean honestly i have to tell you from a perspective of like what's to come is like i think that you know sometime this year we're going to see some really exciting new platforms come out that uh, a reaction and a product of the pandemic and how things have been forced to go online. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I personally am aware of several um, online platforms that are that are going to be introduced this year that you know that kind of help move our real life social experience into the online world that doesn't feel like Zoom or mm-hmm. Instagram. So I, I'm I'm very excited about that. I think that's the thing that really needs to happen. Um, also, like honestly, I'm just super pumped to see where you know general VR world goes because you know with the new iPhones and iPads having the lidar scanner and being able to sort of like you know have the technology so accessible to people. I think you know there's the next couple of years are just going to be really different i think in terms yeah. of what kind of platforms and and things that are happening so yeah. um, i think that for me the plus side of what's happening right now with the pandemic is it's it's really highlighting how you know you you know all the bad things about obviously social media and stuff like that but it's like it, it's it's show it's showing us the way that like when you create any product or any platform or anything that really influences people on the masses you can't just do that with a business plan plan in mind like you really need to think about long-term impacts you know and this is like goes across everything you know from fashion to anything is like what is the long-term impact on the world and society and our interactions you know because it's it's again it's that thing like people just don't realize they they underestimate the power of making new things you know and and the responsibility to think it through absolutely yeah i mean and it's always the thing it's critical mass you know um once you reach a certain 
certain size, so to speak, or audience, then the responsibility comes and that's when, yeah, that's when things get complicated. Yeah. I mean, that's where, that's where having your, you know, that's where having your values um, in place early on is really important. And I really feel like that's just across the board overall, you know, I was in this really awesome panel about the future of personal AI recently at the web summit. And it's like, you know, the only way that people are going to start trusting technology or tech platforms or, or tech products, you know, is when the process and, you know, that trust is established and when the process is really transparent and that you're able to somehow, you know, you, you don't have to worry that literally everything about mm-hmm. you is going to be sold, <laughs> you know. And and it's I, I think that it's it's really sad how much climbing back we've got to do from the negative moves that you know mm-hmm. the tech giants have created because you know there is it's it's there is so much positivity in how technology can be integrated into our life and you know but it does it does require like a lot of policing and sort of like you know, like back in the day, there was the, you know, religious organizations or, you know, better for worse, whatever. But, you know, it's like someone has to set some kind of a moral compass. And I think that, you know, when when this is influencing our life so much, it's like who sets the moral compass, who is monitoring it. And um, but, you know, it's kind of cool. You know, we'll see. We'll see where we end up. It's a uh, a kind of a big moment in humanity right now of how <laughs> I, I I feel that I hope and um that there's just enough platforms or diversity in platforms that there's something for everyone yeah and that you can find mm-hmm. your find your tribe so to speak um yeah. you know um I think that's important so rather than just one one platform for all, um, which is fine as well. But I think I think it can come in many shapes and sizes, so to speak. Um, you touched upon it. You recently spoke at Web Summit and you, you speak at a ton of conferences and events and whatnot. Public speaking has become another stage you've really conquered. Um, is there any advice you could give maybe some listeners like listening today that are like, wanting to do more public speaking. Let's be honest, public speaking now is a lot online. Um, it's all virtual. But the days when we can go back to public speaking in front of people, <laughs> um, you know, what what advice would you give? Because you're a brilliant speaker. I've watched some of your presentations and whatnot. Um, is there anything, any tips or advice you could give? Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It's like all of a sudden every every person is all of a sudden needs to do needs to be like audition tape ready <laughs> it's, yeah. kind of, it's hilarious um you know honestly like in my experience it's like it's like doing like some sort of stand-up comedy or something it's like sometimes you're gonna bomb and other times you just have to like keep doing it um uh, you know and and for me doing interviews podcasts um you know, or even just being somewhere and talking to someone, it's like, you know, sometimes you need to have your thoughts provoked with a conversation to even understand your point of view correctly. Mm. So, you know, once you understand your point of view, then it's like, 
honestly like I've been on stage so many times and there's still sometimes a conference or talk somewhere where I just get like total stage fright and I'm just like oh my god you know and and sometimes you can't control it and you know the only it's like I think preparation and practice and um you know I've definitely I've definitely had a couple of times where I was just like oh man you can really tell that you know that I'm primarily a performing artist and that you know talking talking to talking on stage isn't isn't my thing but you know and then but you just can't it's like this is the, this is really like advice across the board is like you know and and many people say this but you know it's it's the same it's like you can't you can't get to like be really good at something unless you keep doing it and prepare to totally fall flat in your face and then just be like, all right, well, I guess that was crap. So let's just do this one more time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty yeah. of there's plenty of shows that went bad. You know, I've had technical problems, or you know, I got some crazy like voice problem, or I, or I was like jet lagged or ill or something, you know. And you can't. And it's this idea that one one experience or one success, I just can't define your worth or who you are for the rest of your life even mm. though that's what the internet and that's what social media tries to tell us you mm. know and and it's really difficult to get your head around it it's mm -hmm. so hard because you know um everything is so instant and everything is so about how hot you're right now or how you're performing right now and and you know but you do have to you do have to think about the totality of your life and your projects and your achievements and you know it's like I've been doing public speaking for like probably you know five years or something six years and then you know I I, I bombed a talk like last year and then I was just like oh it's like okay but then have I overall improved I was like I think I have actually you mm -hmm. know and you just you just gotta like you just gotta you just gotta move on and you 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 know you you can only do the best you can and be prepared for the thing that you're doing so um mm -hmm. that's why when you said that perhaps I'm only beginning I was like absolutely like absolutely <laughs> just dying just getting going honestly mm -hmm. you know yeah there's like <laughs> it's like you've got this amazing body of work and you're just kind of ready to like catapult off it and it, and it's up to you which way you go and it's quite mm -hmm. it's amazing to watch I love that actually something that's really um of interest to me personally as well is the kind of you know the work you're doing with designers in regards to like fashion tech and whatnot and innovations mm -hmm. made and curated um can you tell us a bit more kind of like maybe about like the collection of designers you work with? Because um, on your Instagram, you have like amazing um, designers you work with and like how I guess you've collaborated with them or how they've kind of reimagined the human form and maybe use technology um, in what they've, they've done for you. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, my love of fashion has, you know, was a lot more sort of, you know I, I don't know I guess I, I guess I guess sci-fi movies have influenced me but you know definitely more you know Alexander McQueen was like the the first real staple 
designer who's you know he's not a designer he is an absolute like you know he's like a theatrical conductor that just like works with fabrics mm. and you know every single thing he did was just absolutely and that's amazing and I think that's where I really drew a lot of inspiration where it's like you know don't think of fashion as just you know clothes on your back that just kind of you know keep you warm it's you know it's this idea that you know we're able to play with our outer image and it you know it influences your entire life like it influences how you know you experience your everyday world it experience it influences how other people you know experience you it's like depending what kind of outfit you wear like you walk into a room like your whole story changes mm-hmm. like your whole interaction changes you know so it's it's really powerful and you know I think after I started working with 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 designing prosthetics you know for me that was you know just another extension and I was like okay you know it's all about altering the form it's all about working with unusual fabrics and trying to reimagine the human form and sometimes it's a little freaky but also kind of like fun and unusual and so you know and over the years I've I've worked with you know a lot of different technologies that are out there you know from sensors to you know to that that would kind of work with robotics and movement of garments um to you know senses that sort of translate into musical kind of instruments almost so there's a lot of there's a lot of like amazing stuff there and for me mm. now you know I'm interested in just kind of narrowing down my own version of this sort of future lifestyle brand kind of idea and what that looks like so you know um so all of the areas that I have seen gaps in that are not being catered for that are not being designed for you know this is kind of like my interest now you know from prosthetic to prosthetics to generally kind of medical assisting lifestyle devices to um you know I, I just have this idea where smart fashion medical devices and sort of lifestyle devices that we use to generally enhance our life are all going to be intertwined in the future and are going to be just part of our kind of attire one way or another you know mm-hmm. and I think that that's sort of like what I believe in and I think I just want to keep kind of creating that you know whether it's um creating like a conference uh symposium event to you know brand collaborations like I have a lot of things that are on my map at the moment um you know so firing firing and you know um something that you know we touched upon earlier in the podcast about like kind of your who's inspired you and your journey have there been any entrepreneurs that have inspired you along the way um because obviously Apollo and me were all about entrepreneurship like and it could be someone when we say entrepreneurship it could be someone in your family like entrepreneurship we always go to like startups or incredible founders or you know but entrepreneurship can come about in many forms it could be someone I mean like I get inspired by my dog like you know it's like (laughs) shapes and sizes so is there some or it could be someone like an Elon Musk or something you know someone we know um 
has there been someone along your journey that you've been like, wow, that's, that's phenomenal. Like they really embody to you what entrepreneurship is, or I guess what courage is, or I guess what you say, like just being your true self. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like a lot of people have inspired me along the way and, you know, and I've also had kind of a lot of mentors too. Um, I think it's a little bit more intimidating to throw people like singular people out, you know, but I think, um, you know, there's quite a few, like, you know, early on, I think people sort of throughout my teens, um, people who have started brand new sort of cultural movements for me has always been so fascinating or, mm. you know, and I, I guess they kind of fall into the same category as, as, innovators you know where just this idea that you can imagine something that doesn't exist that you just deeply in your heart feel like it should and just run with it just make it like I love that I absolutely love that um I mean when I still lived in London I think my partner at the time who helped curate an entire sort of subculture scene you know at the time I thought that was just like absolutely amazing you know and being able to bring different things together under one umbrella is really great um I think more you know more recent at times as well I, I think when I joined the MIT Media Lab uh I think the director of the Media Lab Joey Ito you know I did I thought was kind of really fascinating you know how he's a who, who he was a DJ who brought techno music to Japan that turned entrepreneur that ended up being the director of MIT Media Lab that then was like friends with I don't know the Obamas and everyone else you know just this idea that someone without a PhD could be in that position you know mm -hmm. I think I think I've just I've always kind of I've always um enjoyed this sort of more rebellious kind of spirit where you break the rules but you create your own rules and structure because you just don't agree with things you know it's um totally. it's a lot but also I get inspired by my dog my dog yeah. has transformed <laughs> my life absolutely right. transformed my life you know it's it's amazing because all of your all of the negative human traits that you get into when you're faced with your dog that's mm. just there and is looking at you and it's just like <laughs> and it's just like why can't you just leave all that ridiculous nonsense behind that's troubling you right now and just be here and like soften up you yeah. know and come give me a cuddle and you're just like oh man like you know yeah. they just kind of bring it they bring it home they it's bring like, it home. oh my god absolutely they bring I, it home. they totally do I used to work I lived in LA for years I used to take my dog to work all the time because obviously it's very you know dog friendly culture a lot of the workplaces and I'd have like really stress I was working at entertainment marketing really stressful meetings and whatnot I come out my mm -hmm. dog would He's sitting there like, hey, what is like this look like, hey, what's up? Like, chill, man. And just bring <laughs> perspective. And I was like, oh God, it's like a therapy dog. I, I you know, you need them. Um, I now have a, a baby, so that's kind of my therapy, if you will. <laughs> that's great. Well, that's great. Um, 
Look, I wanted to ask you, Victoria, most importantly, what's on the horizon? Can you give us kind of a, I know, um, a little teaser or maybe you're still working out what's on the horizon, but is there anything that we should keep our eye out for? Is there any speaking? Oh, yeah. What, what's happening? Well, I don't have any dates for anyone to give right now, but um, I am I am in full full plan release mode at the moment of uh, uh, a whole series of content that relates to my new record. Awesome. Um, and it's really exciting. I haven't I haven't like I don't think I've ever really put this much sort of dedication into a music records I have now and you know living over here and just working with different people. So yeah, I, ha- I have a new I have a new record coming out this year and you know every every single track is going to be tied to a different experience or launch or you know I've got sort of virtual experiences lined up, got clothing collaborations prosthetics tech fashion stuff a conference I mean like I love you know, it I just I just want to kind of keep you know just keep putting out a whole bunch of different stuff so I think you know I think like starting from April uh, March is you know when I'm gonna sort of a lot of things are gonna start dropping but uh uh yeah I think you know for, for now there's an extensive amount of work anybody that's interested to go check out you know and um and that's what I was going to ask is it on victoriamodesta.com is that the best place to find your content do you have an Instagram channel do you have a YouTube or anywhere else yeah 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 I mean generally victoriamodesta.com like victoriamodesta handle on anything is is usually me and um uh, I, I think Instagram and my website, my website for all the kind of more official like press releases about different projects and stuff are definitely there with, you know, with all of the juicy links and oh. and everything like that, you know. Um, so, yeah. And um, I love it. Look, I am. I'm a I'm a fan. <laughs> clearly, um, I just think I'm in awe of your work. When I say I'm a fan, I'm really in awe of your work. And you can see how hardworking you are, and how incredibly trans like it transcends. You know, it's um, it's definitely the future. Um, so I my I take my hat off to you. It's brilliant, and we we can't wait to obviously parlay you across our networks. Um, <laughs> follow your journey um and listeners that are listening check out victoriamodesta.com um and hey the world's changing very fast hopefully we can see you live performing somewhere soon um i'm sure i'm sure it will happen it's just a matter of when again um and i can't wait for that moment and i'll be back in la one day and hopefully we can meet in person so even better yeah, I've really enjoyed speaking to you, Victoria. I think you're fantastic. And I just love what you're doing for, um, for you know, people with prosthetics. But more than that, like tech and art and culture, it's really important. You kind of bring them all together. So well done. And thank you. Thank you so much for, for being our guest on the show today. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome.